Welcome to SEC Unfiltered, home of the best SEC content on the internet. The following is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports. Pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of, they have got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. They're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews as well. Guys, so many fans and listeners of SEC Unfiltered have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Well, so again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code SECU to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from SEC Unfiltered sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. College baseball season nears our good friend, the co-founder of 11.7, a college baseball podcast, in my opinion, the best college baseball podcast, and also the architect of SECUnfiltered.com. He joins the show, Dimitri Curtis. Dimitri, what's going on, my friend? 
Quick round of applause for you, by the way, because all the fine folks who are tuned in right now, whether it's YouTube, it's podcast, whatever, they've probably most likely been over to secunfiltered.com. My friend, thank you for all of your hard work. One of the biggest reasons we're off hitting the ground running is because of the work you put in laying the groundwork on the website, my man. So thank you for that. And what's going on, man? How you feel being back in the saddle, man? The offseason's officially over. We're talking college baseball. I mean, it feels good that opening day is just around the corner. Hey, I feel great, man. I'm happy to be here. Um, I was, I guess you could say I was kind of helped build SEC Unfiltered gig going from the back end. Now I'm on the front end enjoying the fruit of your hard work. And so, yeah, here we are getting ready for another season of college baseball. I'm excited. So, Dimitri, let's go ahead and get right into it. I know you and I were just talking off air it's never too early to make predictions and projections. By the way, Dimitri, I don't envy anybody who publishes a field of 64 because I just don't – like, naming the top 16, I can handle that. But when you start talking about teams like Alabama State, Binghampton, Penn, Moorhead State, like how you determine the three and the four seeds, God bless anybody who's taken on that task. But your boy Ben Upton, your co-host – of 11.7, dropped his field of 64 projections. I know you were just taking a look at him. What are your takeaways? I'm sure you guys are going to talk about this on the show, but takeaways from who Ben has in his field of 64. The thing that jumped out to me, Dimitri, no Florida in the top 16. The preseason number two team in college baseball, not a regional host, going on the road to Bloomington in the Indiana region. <laughs> I mean, thoughts on Ben's preseason field of 64. I mean, again, it's crazy until it isn't, though, to be fair. I feel like I'm some uh, working at an agency doing some PR um, saving here. I got to save the damage <laughs> done from this uh, field of 64. He's no, also got Georgia, Georgia hosting a regional, Florida going on the road for a region. So Yeah, no, I see that. I just pulled it up here. First of all, I've me and Ben – we, we love pushing buttons and kind of making hot takes. Um, of course, there's a time and place to be serious, but looking at this field of 64, and Ben, ben loves doing crazy things. He texted me yesterday, should I, do, should I release the field of 64? And I was like, dude, go for it. No one's going to like it. You're not going to make anybody happy, but go for it. Personally, I would never have Florida not being a top 16 host. Seeing Georgia as a 16 seed, Whatever, fine. He took a leap of faith there. He think he knows something that other people don't know about uh, Georgia, but Florida not being in there with arguably the best player in college baseball. They've got a full rotation. They've got a bullpen. They've got everything you need. It would take a, a monumental collapse for Florida to not be a top 16 to see. So, I mean, Tennessee at three. I mean, I, I, I think Florida wins win the East. So, you're telling me Florida – now, to me, I mean, 14 teams worse than Tennessee, that's pretty crazy to me. Now, Dimitri, you guys also released, of course, this comes out from FanDuel. And speaking of Ben, and speaking of you guys, your influence in 11.7, the Golden Spikes Award, the preseason odds by FanDuel released. Ben then writes a piece on his favorites to win it, but more importantly states, hey, these are guys not on the list who don't have odds, who – you should keep an eye on, and they should have odds. 
what was it, 24 hours later, FanDuel's going out, they're placing odds for an Ethan Petru, which Gamecock Nation, of course, says thank you, but others as well. So it goes to show how much influence 11.7 has in the college baseball community. So congratulations to you and Ben. But when you look at the Golden Spikes Award, you mentioned Jack Caglione. That's a name at the top of the list, plus 500 to win that. Another SEC name, Tommy Tanks White at plus 1,400. Of course, you got Nick Kurtz at plus 600 at Wake Forest. Uh, you got J.J. Weatherholt plus 700 at West Virginia. You go down the list. When you looked at the Golden Spikes odds, by the way, Charlie Condone as well at plus 1,400 from Georgia. When you looked at those odds, we all know Jack Caglione's the favorite. He's the quote-unquote Shohei Otani of college baseball. But when you look at that outside of Caglione, who were some guys where you looked at the numbers and so you know what, there's a lot of value there. I could see them putting together a Golden Spikes caliber season. Um, I mean, I'm sure you just kind of skipped over him, but Travis Bazana from Oregon State is um, kind of juicy right now. I think his odds from the, when the time we posted our article, he was at plus 950. He drew, I'm sure he's right around there. Um, Vance Honeycutt in North Carolina, he's one of my, he's one of my favorites. Because he can do it all, defensively, offensively, on the base pass, he can do it all. Um, I'm really curious about this. I mean, the hype is all over receiver King, shortstop at Wake Forest. He transferred from D2 uh, Wingate. Um, so I, I need to see him play. I don't like to speak on people I haven't really seen play. I like to see them play and then create a um, an opinion on them. And then, I mean, Braden Montgomery, he. he he does the two-way thing. So if he figures it out on the mound, if he can create some sort of consistency, um, Schlossnig will have him going back out there. His innings will go up. You create an impact on the mound. And while hitting, that's how you get into that golden spike play. And you know how it is in the SEC. If you're a top 20 guy offensively and top 20 guy on the mound, you're one of the best players in the country. So Montgomery could be a juicy play if you think he can turn it around this year. Um but a lot of these guys, it's just hard to say. Most of them are donations because it's, it's just hard to win. You know how it is. It's hard to win the Golden Spike. Chase Byrne, he could be – if he has a sub – we talked about this on um, Sunday night in our, our, our podcast. Chase Byrne, if he has a sub-2 ERA, puts up a Chris Sale-like season in the ACC, goes 13-0, sub-1-5 ERA, the whole country could be watching this guy. He's going to be going to New York for the final, um, being a finalist. Um yeah, so I, I'm just – I'm a huge Dakota Jordan guy. We're going to talk SEC here. The dude's got it all. He's got the power. He's got the athleticism. If he can continue to work on his ball-to-barrel or barrel-to-ball skill and, you know, get that average up a little bit, that guy that guy's going to be going to wreak havoc on this conference this year. So, yeah, those are just some names that I really like. Of course, we can go down the list all day long and talk about guys we like. But, yeah. You know, Demetri, I was just thinking, the more that I hear the name, we've had a couple conversations with some A&M folks, and you mentioned Braden Montgomery. I, I mean, I think the two ways have an obvious advantage when it comes to to winning this award, but this was a name not mentioned on the FanDuel odds. This was a name not mentioned, I'm surprised, by you guys in regards to five players who didn't make the list of a real shot. His last name started with an L. It does start with an L. Did I did I gloss over his name? I feel like I had to. How how was Jace Labalette not on the list? That's a, that's a great question, um, Chris. Six foot six think... center fielder that can just smash baseballs, and I think I think he had like thirty steals last year. Like 
you talk about athleticism and power and, you know, that's just a name that, you know, again, we've had a lot of conversations with some Aggies, but that seems, that seems like a guy to me that could really blow up this year. Hey, and you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I think what it comes down to is, is Laviola. How, how do you pronounce it? I, I've been saying I think it's Lavalette. I, I, dude, I thought it was Lavalet. I, I don't even know. Lavalet. Okay. <laughs> he's probably a top three player on Texas a now. He's probably a top 15. He's probably a top number, the best sophomore player, 2025 class with Petri. Personally, I like Petri a little bit more because you know how power plays this day and age of college baseball. You got to have power to be a dude. Um, of course, you can be a difference maker, doing other things, but that's what it came down to. Because I mean, how hard is it for a sophomore to win the Golden Spike? Pretty hard. It, it's been done very few times. So I think that's what it comes down to. Doesn't mean we don't think he's good. No, we think he's great. We think he's really good. Um, but if you're going to pick a guy from A and M with the potential, it's like drafting a guy who has that raw power, who's projectable. Montgomery to me is more projectable to win the Golden Spike than Lavalette. That's just, it's not a, a knock on him. So, Dimitri, you know, I've had a couple conversations with some different college baseball folks, and we're always talking about the top of the rankings, and these are teams that can make it to Omaha. I'm going to switch it up on you because the SEC is so deep. I mean, there's so many good teams, right? Who's going to stink in the SEC this year? Who, who's a team? I'm not asking you to, 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 you know, throw anybody under the bus early or rile up a fan base before we even throw the first pitch. But, like, is there a team or a couple teams in the SEC that you're like, they just don't have it, right? I mean, I think Georgia, Missouri are the really easy candidates for this. But Ole Miss and Mississippi State were both terrible last year. So, is it those four? Is there somebody else that maybe uh, that has some hype that shouldn't have it? Like, when you look at the bottom of the league, and the bottom of the SEC is good enough to beat anybody else, but – Somebody's got to lose games, right, Dimitri? Not everybody's going to go 18 and 12 in league play, 17 and 13. Somebody's going to go 8 and 22 in SEC play. When you look at the bottom of the league, who do you think of going into 2024? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. 
For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. I think Ole Miss is going to be terrible. I'm just going to say it. I don't think Ole Miss is going to be very good. So, I think so with, Miss- not, not to cut you up, do you think so of the two Mississippi schools, you think Mississippi State's more likely to have that bounce back than, than Ole Miss? I like, for me, Mississippi State season relies on one thing, throwing strikes out of the bullpen. They've got to throw strikes. They they were a disaster last year. I mean, even starting pitching, Sanger, Durangelo Sanger, the, we call it eight ambidextrous, uh, amphibia. Some people like to make that joke. Um, he, he's an X factor. If he improves, he got thrown to the wolves last year. I mean, you got put a, a freshman in the SEC on Friday night. You can't you can't fall him for, for anything that happened. That's that's a really hard thing to do. You just got thrown in there with nobody behind him. So for me, Mississippi State bullpen is much better this year. They've got a lot of flamethrowers. Sanger should be better. You would assume he's going to improve. Um, Colby Holcomb th- pumping a hundred. He's like ninety six, ninety nine. Dude got it. So throw strikes, and I think Mississippi State's got the offensive lineup. You know, in that ballpark, they're they're going to score. So I think Mississippi State could be much better. Ole Miss might be more unexciting, just even keel team, but you know how that doesn't play in the they're, SEC. They're very transfer portal heavy. They are relying on a ton of portal pieces. So with Georgia, but Georgia got good pieces. And Georgia, I think Georgia, I feel like Georgia Dimitri's in a great spot where it's like you have they don't really have expectations, right? And I think it was Wes Goodwin, I think is his name, right? The pitching coach that came over. Wes Johnson. Wes Johnson. Okay, my bad. I think that was a great hire. I mean, that, that's as good a hire I think as you can get. So I, I think Georgia's in a really fun spot where it's like, you know, man, in baseball, like the last thing you can do is press and be successful. And I mean, Georgia, they've got no reason to press. And when you got a piece like Charlie Condone to build around, I mean, that's a pretty good start. So it's easy to pick on the team that we think are going to be bad. Here's one team that I'm really not sure about yet, and it's Alabama. Whole new coaching staff. You're getting a guy coming from the Northeast. I'm not. I I think Rob Vaughn is awesome. He was awesome at Maryland. He knew how to build an offense, and you need offense in the SEC. Fun, and the fun stopping. stat for you, Dimitri, that Maryland has not lost a Big Ten series since 2021. So that's yeah, how good was, job he did there. <laughs> and then pitching. I mean, pitching staff. They had a couple really high end guys that were really good, but overall the staff they they just. They had work to do. They were great. I liked them. But you know how it is, man. When you roll into the – and, and I'm, I'm an ACC guy more than the SEC guy. But the SEC is still the best. Um, I think Alabama's going to struggle this year. And I think it's going to be a learning curve for that coaching staff. It could be a learning curve for some of the players they brought in with them. Because you know how it is. Guy transfer out. New guys come in based on who the head coach is. So I think Alabama's going to struggle and. I could see Mississippi State finishing in front of Alabama this year, and that's a hot, that's a take, but I, I'm willing to stand on it right now. So we look, Dimitri, at the D1 baseball preseason top 25. There's six SEC teams in the top nine. Let's start with that first group at two, three, four. Right, you've got Florida, LSU, and Arkansas. I believe is the order. I but think Arkansas three. LSU, Arkansas three, LSU four. Okay, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Florida, Arkansas, LSU. Of those three, who would you buy the most stock in, right? I think Florida, they've got this power-driven lineup. Jack Caglione, you know, arguably 
best player in college baseball. And I mean, it's going to be a Sully staff. They're all going to throw 98 or what have you. They just reload every single year. It's a pitching factory in Gainesville. Um, Arkansas's pitching staff will play second fiddle to no one, led by Hagen Smith. And then, I mean, LSU, you got to replace Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz, but they're as loaded with talent as anybody in college baseball. So, But of those three, do you like LSU to go back-to-back? Do you like Florida's power arms and power lineup? Or is it finally, my friend, is it finally the year of the hog? It's crazy to me to think they still have not gotten a College World Series title. Yeah, I mean, we... I don't know if you saw the article we did about the top 20, uh, the 25 years of super regional era. Arkansas is one of the best teams to not win a title. I mean, they, I mean, we all know they came so damn close in 2018 to, with uh, Oregon State. But of those three teams, man, I like Arkansas the most. Um, I think Florida is going to come out of the gate slow. And by slow, that can still mean, you know, 15 and six record or something. I'm just throwing a number out there. I think on the mound, they'll be fine. I think it's going to be a little learning curve. You're going to see them losing to Jacksonville in one of these upcoming Tuesdays. It is what it is, and people are going to be like, oh, my God, Florida sucks. Florida's See, that, not good. That oh, is yeah. a Florida tradition every year to lose, to, to lose midweeks in maddening fashion. Like, they're, they are 100% going to lose a midweek this year where they're up, like, 16 to 9 in the ninth inning and lose 17 to 16. It it happens every year. Every year. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you'll see a Florida Atlantic roll in. You'll see a Jacksonville. You'll see a North Florida. Bethune Cook. It's one of I'm, those. I'm games. getting fired up just thinking about midweeks, man, because it we love the weekend series, but it's just fun watching like the silliness that takes place on the midweek. It, it just when you got guys out there in the mound, they don't they don't pitch a whole lot, right? Like you're you're playing with lineups and you get some you get some very weird results. In you're midweek. pushing you're pushing the limits of depth in these in these pitching staff when you get to six, seven, eight, ninth inning on a Tuesday night, or even if they have a, a twin bill and they play Wednesday, you're really pushing the limits of what these freshmen can do. And it gets ugly sometimes. But part of the learning. But anyway, back to Arkansas. They've got the pitching. They've got the offense. Um, they're the guy for I think he's coming from the West Coast for Arkansas. Shortstop is a Sacramento Sacramento State guy. He's he's got some juice. He's got some of that swag. He's got some of that um, mojo. So I think Arkansas should be good on the mound. You know how it is. Kendall Digg. They'll be down two in the ninth. Kendall Digg going to bail him out with a three run homer. Probably one of the clutchest hitters in the SEC in the country. I mean, he does it every time. And then uh, on the mound, they've got Hagen Smith. Tiger should be 100% healthy, ready to go. Um, they've got a they got a workhorse from Texas Tech. Um, what's his name? Molina. They've got they've got depth on the mound. They've got everything they need. And I I, I think I like I trust Arkansas the most. I think that's the key word. I, I trust them the most right now to be the best team in the SEC. Florida's ceiling is high. LSU's ceiling is high just as well. So that's that's where I'm going to put my trust right now, then Arkansas. You know, Demetri, it felt like a season ago that Paul Skeens and Dylan Cruz, and really Paul Skeens, when you talk about the faces of college baseball, those guys were it. Who do you think is going to be that guy this year? I mean, I know it's easy to say Jack Caglione. Do you think it's going to be him? Is it somebody else? Again, I'm not talking about who's going to win the Golden Spikes. I'm not talking about who the best player in college baseball is, although that typically helps. But 
Is there a guy you think that becomes the face of the sport this year, whether it's player or coach? So when I think of that, I usually think of some guy that's just wow factor. Whether I mean, a couple years ago it was, um, oh my God, what's his name from ten? Paul uh, Joy, Ben Joy, yeah. was throwing 102, 103. He was kind of the face of baseball as a relief pitcher. Most talked yeah. about player in college baseball for a while. Yeah, yeah. So like when you think of face of college baseball, it's not always necessarily the best player, but it's just the guy that everyone just it keeps wowing everybody on, every night. So. Chase Burns could be one of those guys that I'm talking SEC here. Chase Burns could be a guy that everyone tunes in on Friday nights. Like, I want to watch this this guy pitch in the ACC. You know what I mean? So, outside of just SEC only, Tommy White could be, I think, could be the face. And if LSU has this, the face of baseball again, it's unbelievable. But Tommy White could be that guy this year. Um, there was a podcaster, a thing he did on Mike Duff. I don't know if you know them with uh, Mikey Matuk. Um, they do their local radio uh, show, Baton Rouge. And Tommy White, which is basically like, of course, I get nervous in big moments. He goes, but I love it. He goes, that's what I'm here for. I love the pressure. I love the spotlight. Of course, I get a little bit nervous, but it, it, you tighten up and you play better. So that's the guy that could become the face. Like, I love those little nuggets like that. That, um, Like I said, Braden Montgomery, if he – figures it out on the mound and continues to hit, that guy could easily become the face of college baseball. You know, it usually comes from the SEC. That's just the most focused on, most viewed, most paid attention to conference in the league. So, yeah, Calianone, obvious answer. Braden Montgomery could be one, but I think Tommy White could be a dude. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how he handles the pressure, the spotlight. If he handled it, oh, it's going to take off. Dimitri, is there a non-conference series you're most excited about right now when you look at the schedule? We got Florida, Miami, of course, South Carolina, Clemson's a big one. Is there a non-conference series early on that jumps out to you as, um, or even a non-conference matchup, midweek matchup? I mean, Texas A&M and Texas play each other, of course. Um, when you think of the best non-conference matchups in college baseball, is is there one that jumps out? I mean, I think that Florida, Miami series, that might be the series of the year. So, I'm a Miami guy. I love the Hurricane. I'm always Miami. I'm not high on them this year. I'm really worried about them this year. But that Florida-Miami series always has baggage, always had drama. It's always got shit that get be handled. I mean, you saw last year, um, one of their guys in Florida did the U, broke it on his knee. They they, dra- they drug, they skull drug him on Sunday. Um, but it was a great series Friday, Saturday. It was super tight, back and forth. Sunday, they school drug them. And Calianone did a little middle finger right around third base. You know, the stuff you love to see. <laughs> um, Florida, Miami. You said Texas, uh, Texas, Texas a and are playing a weekend yeah, I think they're series? playing a, a midweek. They're in a oh, midweek. Oh, I thought, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, that will be a weekend series starting next year when Texas is in the league. Yeah. Which will be a blast. So I haven't I haven't um gone through the scores of schedules a whole bunch in terms of picking out, but I'm looking here. Texas, I mean, obviously you got the Globe Life, the um college showdown in Arlington this weekend or opening weekend, which would be a lot of fun. Um do you like the tournaments? Do you like those those early season tournaments? Are you a fan of that? I do. Yeah. I do. I think it's a 
mini regional. I think it's like a early season regional. It really shows team, you don't have your home dugout. Sometimes if you're the one seed, of course, you're hosting, but you're not allowed to use your locker rooms as much as you would normally use. So it's kind of like that neutral feel, postseason regional feel. And it gives you a good measuring stick on how teams play outside of their home ballpark, outside of their comfort zone with other great teams. So that's kind of – I, I like them. I mean, it spices it up. You can watch Tennessee play three different teams on a weekend instead of the same team. So, um, yeah, I do, I, I do really like them. Dimitri, that next wave of SEC teams, when you look at the top 25 and just kind of look at the SEC power rankings as a whole, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, Texas, A&M, you mentioned Alabama, South Carolina, a team that was two wins away from Omaha last year. Uh, who do you like to of those to sort of ascend to the top of the SEC? Is there going to be one of those out of that group that you're high on, that you're buying stock in as, hey, they're going to surprise some people. Maybe one of those is a as an East or a West winner, right? I mean, I, I remember, what was it, two years ago, Texas A&M won the SEC West. It was like, who could have seen that coming? So of that next group, that quote-unquote next tier, if you will, who do you look at and say, watch out for these guys? So we both know the SEC West, the gauntlet. It's just, it's just the gauntlet. And the East... South Carolina, Tennessee, Bandy, and Florida, all really good teams. So to pick a team like South Carolina or Tennessee to come up to the top, I mean, South Carolina, they could have done it last year. They had everything going. They just they had a monumental collapse at the end. I mean, they swept Florida at home. They were rolling. I mean, dude, everybody was like, put the number – we even said it, put the number one next to their name. <laughs> Ethan Petrie hit that ball up, um, ball scheme. So it, it can happen in any moment. A team just gets hot and they roll. I'm a Vitello guy. I, I like Tony V in the ball. Um, I think if I was going to pick a team that's not in that like top three, top four category, it would be Tennessee to take over the SEC East again. Um, I said Alabama. I'm not too high in them right now. A&M, they could be great or they could just be middle of the pack. You never know. So I'll, I'll, I'll put... I'm putting on Tennessee. That could be my team that could surprise people and be at the top. Most underrated team in the SEC, Dimitri? I mean, I, I think about teams that weren't the top 25. Auburn, Kentucky. I guess maybe you've mentioned Mississippi State is one that you feel like people are sleeping on. But, you know, when you speak on the depth of the league and teams that could really compete, and, and, and we talk about those in the top 10, top 25. But, I mean, I think an Auburn team, Auburn club, that I don't know what Butch Thompson and company have to do to get respect because every year they're slept on, they're underrated, and then they're hosting a regional. It just seems like every year that's what's happening. Don't get me wrong. I like Auburn. Butch Thompson is built consistency down there on the plane. I mean, that guy, there was a, there was a uh, graphic ESPN did last year during the game, and it was like Auburn before Bush got here, Auburn when Bush got here. It was just like black and white. I mean, what the guy's done down there is impressive. I mean, he built a program really quickly. I mean, some some guys, it takes some years to get something going. The guy's been success down there since day one. So Auburn, of course, we've learned to never sleep on them. They should be, they should probably be a fourth, third. I would say I could see them being third in front of AM in the West. Um you never know. I mean, Arkansas, LSU, Auburn, A&M, that could be your fine. That could be your top four in the West. Um, 
Kentucky, what a year they had last year from Nick Minjohn and them. They had an unbelievable year. Can they do it again? I'd say not quite as good. I mean, you saw they were like the number one RPI team for all of last year. Um, got through that regional with Indiana. So Kentucky could be good, but I just think I will say that Florida, Vanderbilt, or Tennessee, one of those three teams is going to disappoint. Which one is it? We don't know yet. But I think one of those three teams will disappoint. And that'll give you room for a team like Georgia or South Carolina to kind of get into that upper stratosphere of one and two in the West. I mean, the East. Demetri, one of my favorite things you guys do is the mid-major power rankings, right? Showing some love to the mid-majors. And at number one, you guys have UC Santa Barbara. East Carolina is a familiar name at number three. I saw a lot of ECU fans, I think, giving you all a lot of grief. Uh, East Carolina is not, not a mid-major technicalities, whatever. But anyways, when you look at that mid-major top 25, a lot of familiar names on there, a lot of great programs. And when you talk about going to Omaha, and I think it was you guys that post the stat that every eight years since I think 1999 or something that, you know, a mid-major, or maybe it was outside of 99, but whatever. 84. Okay, has won. A mid-major has won the College World Series. So, 2016, Coastal Carolina was the last one. Who could be this year's Coastal Carolina? Is there a mid-major you look at and say, it's a long shot, but if it's going to happen again, it's going to be this team? Santa Barbara, Northeastern are probably my top two. And then it can, hey, hashtag Cliff God, get Cliff Godwin to Omaha. The guy deserved it. It, it, he need, it needs to happen. Um, but, you know, I, I don't really want to say East Carolina would be a surprise to make it because they're, they're knocking on the door every year. So Dallas Baptist, but Santa Barbara and Northeastern are probably my two favorites to do it. Um, you need a pitch, and you need a, a, a lineup to hit. They both got them. And then if you want to get a little crazy with it, you could look at, you know, Charleston, Cal State Northridge, UNC Wilmington, um, UC San Diego, even Irvine. I think Irvine could be really good this year. So we'll see. But, hey, watch out SEC, watch out ACC. These teams are coming. What's Mercer going to do this year? <laughs> Shit, I don't know. I haven't. I uh, I'm a. I might be a Mercer alumni, but <laughs> I think Ben's I really high on the Mercer Bears this year, man. I think I saw he had a. He had He's Mercer. always high on the Mercer Bears. <laughs> Death taxes and. Ben being high on the, I think, yeah, he's got, he's actually got Mercer in the Georgia regionals, the four seed. So with Florida State, by the way. So that'd be a fun one. And hey, you remember what happened last time those three teams were in that Athens regional? Yeah. Was it, did, did Mercer win it? No, Florida State won it when the Baton Rouge swept them in two to go to the College World Series in 2019. Mm -mm -mm. Florida, I mean, Georgia was good that year and Florida State. Yeah. Well, I, I remember too. On a side note, Georgia. I mean, 2020, I think, was supposed to be their year. You know, with Emerson Hancock, and I mean, they were they were loaded on the they had map. Wilcox Hancock. They, had, they were loaded. Unfortunately, COVID robbed Georgia of what could have been a College World Series team. So, and honestly, it cost uh, it cost. Um, oh my God, what's his name? What was the head coach Georgia's name before? Wes Johnson. Dude, I, I I I can see him in my head, but I'm just totally forgetting his name. Oh my god, he came down from Kansas Scott State. Something, anyway. right? Scott, something. Scott, 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 Scott. Uh... The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. 
the longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Anyway, anyway, that COVID year was his year to save his job. He didn't get that opportunity. Ultimately, where the tide started going downward, ending up losing his job. So, hey, it's a tough world out there. (laughs) Indeed. Dimitri Curtis of 11.7 College Baseball Podcast. Dimitri, let folks know where they can check out your work and check out 11.7 specifically. Um, Yeah, I mean, 11.7.com. We've got um, all kinds of stuff on there. We've got our RPI rankings, conference standings. Um, We'll have, you know, content on there, a bunch of preseason stuff. Um, Twitter, 11.7 as well. I think we're 11.7 across all social media platforms. We'll be making our... uh, all 30 conference picks next um, this upcoming weekend. They'll come out Monday. Um, so, yeah, if you guys are interested in any of our stuff, check us out. Dimitri, appreciate you taking the time, my friend. Happy college baseball season to you and you guys, and we'll definitely do it again soon. Hey, appreciate it, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.